Welcome to the Ascension Podcast. My name is Camille and I'm a life and business coach. This podcast is focused on personal development, spirituality and creating the life we want. Thank you all so much for being here and tuning in. Hope you're all doing well. I've been doing a lot of solo episodes recently, so today I'm really excited to have a guest on. We connected on Instagram. He's doing some really cool work in the world. So I can't wait to share with you what he's been up to and what he's learned in his journey. Thank you so much for being here, bro. And uh, I appreciate you for having me on. Um, thank you for everything that you're doing. And, and I look forward to this conversation. I hope we both leave it enlightened. Mm, that's what it's about. <laughs> Sir. So for the, um, the listeners who haven't come across you yet, how would um, you introduce yourself in terms of who you are and what you're about? Uh, well, first and foremost, I'm a human. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but my name is Aime Mukendi Jr., a.k.a. Sir Amazing. I'm an author, uh, producer, um, and I'm someone who's really centered on trying to bring out the best in everybody that I come in contact with. Uh, so the idea of amazing is really, I like to be an example and uh, someone that can help evoke and remind people that every single one of us is amazing in our own way. I like that, man. How, um, how did that really come about then in terms of seeing things in that way to invoking this amazingness that's within us? <laughs> uh, some things are just destined. Aime in itself is a is a unique name. So Aime is actually French for love. And growing up and in high school, I had a, a close friend who said to me, and they said, you know what? You should you should roll with amazing. Like it clicks and it fits you. Uh, so again, back. In high school, I was doing like a few amazing words, which the blog ended up getting featured on. I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. It got featured in Buffalo News when I was a junior in high school. And then it was a few amazing words where I would do a column in the school newspaper, which was a commentary and like poetry flow. Then amazing words became a podcast when I was in college. So when I was, uh, what was that? That was 2014, the summer that LeBron James went back to Cleveland. I did an interview with Adrian Wojnarowski. And that podcast ended up making it to sportsillustrated.com. Um, and then from there, Amazing just shifted up into more of a speaker, more of someone who really tries to resonate and uh, most importantly connect with people. But like I said earlier, really remind us because there's a lot of different things that happen throughout our, throughout our day, throughout our lives that cause us to believe that we aren't special or that we aren't here for a purpose. So it's really, uh, it's not about me, it's really about the world at large. It's, um, I feel like, as you said, there's a lot that takes us away sometimes from that <clears throat> purpose that we're born with. And we, I know I can relate to this myself, um, you can tell me if you do too, but as I gone on, went on this journey before finding what I really wanted to do, there was always some kind of, intuition or voice that was trying to speak to me in terms of what I was really here to do. But there were so many kind of distractions and our minds gets in the way and clouds it. So some people forget to listen to that voice and they never pay attention to it again because it's just um, drowned out 
by everything else that's going on. Because I do feel that all of us here do have a purpose. It's just really about finding it and listening to that higher kind of intuition, you know? Yes, sir. Hmm. Yes, I like sir. how um, you told me this went back to high school, or say secondary school in the UK. But the fact that you were able to um, root it from all the way back then to know that even in high school, you still had that same feeling of what you really had to do, because not many people feel that way when they're um, going through education, right? So what was it really that um, kind of spoke to you as you were kind of evolving into this journey of yours that pointed you to where you are? Man, <laughs> that's such an interesting question. Uh, and I wanna, I wanna rephrase it so I make sure that I'm getting it right. Are you asking me what in high school just kind of motivated me or made me focus on a, a bigger dream or goal? Yeah, essentially. I was always a person who didn't like being told what to do. <laughs> and the idea of having to maneuver off of somebody else's wishes are always caused conflict with me. I always put up many protests. You know, even if it was simple things in the house, like it was simple things that maybe I was going to do anyways. But if my mom said, do it now, do it this way, I would kind of put up a little protest. I would give her some some struggles with that just because it was like I wanted to always be in control. And, you know, I'm bringing it back to then because it's, I feel like this is the first time I've been asked this question. When I was in high school, I knew I wanted to do something about talking. When I was in high school, I'm still a passionate NBA fan. It has faded a, a tad bit in my older years. But when I was in high school, I wanted to be like Stephen A. Smith. He was somebody who I always embodied. But at the same time, I always wanted to have a conscious impact on people. Um, I think sometimes we forget that the term fan is short for fanatic. And a lot of times when you're a fan of someone, there's something about them that you like so much that you want to emulate in some capacity. Maybe you don't do it, but you want to emulate it in some capacity. And I remember just being younger, and I remember I was in the MySpace era, and like the heroes that I had on, that I wrote down and pointed out, were still people that there's still people that I would resonate with right now. Like I remember my MySpace list of heroes was, it's literally Jesus, Will Smith, Kanye West, LeBron James, Allen Iverson. Another person I always really appreciate and respect was Spike Lee. Like all those different individuals to me, there was parts of their lives where. They fulfilled their purpose. They had a major impact. Well, I mean, we all know Jesus had the, the greatest impact. <laughs> I just want, just want to separate that so nobody looks at me crazy. But, 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 but understanding that they're like, I, I just think of the Niles Barkley song, Crazy. Are you familiar with that song? I'm not actually sure. Okay. I'm going to have to look it up now. 
Okay, so Narius Barkley has a song called Crazy. And to me, it speaks to my spirit. And then third verse, he says, my heroes had the heart to put their lives out on the land. And all I remember is thinking, I want to be like them. Ever since I was little, ever since I was little, it looks like fun. And it's no coincidence I come. And I could die when I'm done. But maybe I'm crazy. Maybe you're crazy. Maybe we're crazy. <laughs> and I don't know if that answered your question, but that's the best way that I can answer that is that I always wanted to be amazing. Mm. Unlock that greatness. And as you said that you looked up to these individuals, but what they all had in common was essentially, I want to say allowing them to just express their authentic self and not trying to essentially be anyone else. They were so fiercely them. They were able to step into being a leader in that way and make whatever impact they were going to make, you know? Um, and I've, I've fallen into this trap before, because as you, as I start to grow and change and develop, I've seen how it can be easy to sometimes look at someone and think, okay, they did this. I need to be like this, but that's not what they did. They did what's unique to them because the only way to actually unlock that amazingness really is, um, being you because there's no one else like you at all. <laughs> I mean, and now, now I'm going to have fun because you brought out something and you connected those people in the ways that I don't know if most people would connect them. You said they were fiercely focused on the authenticity of being their true self. Jesus was not appreciated during his time on the planet. Mm -hmm. He was, he, he literally, when if you study history the way he was crucified, he really didn't commit a crime. And he crucified people that committed major crimes. He didn't commit any crime. He just said, I'm Jesus, the son of the father, and I'm here to do something. Will Smith had a song where he jumped on Jordan Lucas song that came out this past summer. And he said, you feeling like, you feeling like me? I feel like a prince that turned into a king, found me a queen started a family and got me a team. I'm talking about my dreams. I know you're inspired by me. Like I was inspired by Nelson Mandela. I give him rose every endeavor where he, he literally goes through and he's saying all these people that were not rappers, were not actors, that inspired him, inspired how he approached his music career and his acting. Because he even says in a song, like people call me corny. I want a Grammy. He won, he's the only rapper that could say he won a Grammy without swearing. That's not normal, but he had to bite the bullet of this is who I am and that's who I'm going to be. Uh, Alan Iverson is a cultural icon here in the States because he had tattoos and cornrows and he said, I'm going to be me. I'm not Magic Johnson with the smile on my face. I'm not Michael Jordan with the hoop earring. I'm not those guys. That's not who I am. Even though people may say I'm one of the greats of all time, that's not who I am. I got to be myself, which opened the door for 
uh, LeBron James to be who he is. Spike Lee is a very unique individual. His ways of of how he puts together a storyline through his films, every single one of them at some point in time in their life were called crazy. And to me, they put their life on the line, like their livelihood, their emotions, by fiercely being that authentic individual. And that's the song, I mean, that's the part of the song that Miles Barkley that I'm getting at, where it was like, there's somebody out there that's gonna bash Will Smith because of what happened with his wife, because of his roles in certain movies, because he's within the lines of corny in some capacities. There's somebody out there that's going to bash LeBron James because he's not gonna be like Michael Jordan or rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. He's not gonna force a 24 foot fadeaway over three defenders just so he could pound his chest and say, I won the game. He, that's not who he is. Allen Iverson still wears baggy clothes. He's like almost 50 years, he's over 40. You know what I'm saying? He still wears baggy clothes in a lot of chances. Like that's, that's who he is. Spike Lee, no matter what, would be a Knicks fan. Like, that's who he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, to me, is so admirable. And that, to me, is what it truly means to be amazing. That's what it really means to be a hero. The title of my book is, Everyone Needs a Hero, Why Can't It Be You? And the storyline is me showing demons, showing my mistakes, showing vulnerability as a man and say these are the different situations these are the type of thoughts that cross my mind this is how i mistreated people xyz here's a blueprint that you can utilize that's gonna help enforce you and empower you to overcome your obstacles with whichever obstacles you're going to face in life because we're all going to face them we all have to have the battle like you said the thoughts in their head like we're we're constantly at war with the other side of the brain it's like nah don't get up and go to the gym nah just watch netflix don't plan out what you want to do nah it's covid this is a perfect time for you to just be lazy in the house i like that you the book is focused about being your own hero. It made me think of something called the spectator mentality. And essentially, especially with like um, the time we're in now, where everyone is either looking at a TV, um, a phone, something, there's a lot of watching, right? A lot of spectators and people watching the, the stories, the lives, the, the downfalls, the successes of others. And that comes in different forms, whether it's, music, TV, radio, films, whatever. And one thing that does tend to happen from this is that people fall into um, a trap of living vicariously through the successes of others. So say, for example, <laughs> okay, you guys call it soccer, but football, right? So many, so many people become so attached to their team winning. It's like they're living their success through the team success, right? but they're forgetting about being the hero in their life. And that's where that spectator mentality comes into. Watching the watching Iron Man and Marvel, right? All the epic action that's out there, but that's just a movie. So 
I mean, you hit on a point with that one, right? And I think that's part of what my mission was with that title as well, to kind of remove the idea that you have to be Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman to be, or RIP to Black Panther in order to be viewed as a hero. Now, being a hero is actually an opportunity that we all are presented every single day. You can be a hero as, if you're a parent and you had a long day, stressful moments, and your son or daughter says, mom, dad, can I give you a hug? I love you. That child in that moment is actually a hero. When, I don't know how often this happens in the UK, but when somebody, when your car's on the side of the road and this random stranger decides to pull over, give you a jump, give you a ride to the auto shop, and they did not have to do that, that's a hero. We know about the heroes in the medical field. We know about the heroes that are firefighters. We know about the heroes from a political realm. But there are heroes literally all around us. You're a hero when you're a neighbor and your neighbor needs a push of the car. I just keep thinking about that reference. I think about those times being a kid when my mom's car stalled out and some random person decided because she's a mother, like, I'm going to help this lady out. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna put a pause on whatever I had going on to help this individual out. And I think that's the that's the message that we want to get to the masses is that that the heroic trait is innately in every single one of us. It's just exercised differently because we all are individuals who serve a purpose. Where you know, I even think about from like a, a spiritual religious aspect. If you think about the structure of a religious organization, or in this case, I'm going to use it from a biblical terms, the church, the people, there's a preacher, there's a song leader, there are ushers, there are Sunday school teachers, there are the midweek service teacher. Everybody has a role. There's a member of the church who's such a great people person. That's who greets the new person, the new convert, because they have the skill of knowing of what, of how to welcome somebody. That's a hero. Those are heroes all in different aspects. And I think that because of that mentality that you mentioned, because we live in the social media era in some aspects, we forget about those moments where now, like, that is a pure, authentic, human being doing an act for another human being that in theory he she them they don't have to from what you were just saying you said the books about being a hero but now i'm starting to see that it's coming down to unity because if everyone does essentially live by what you've been speaking about in the book it brings everyone closer to the oneness right and now more than ever especially in this time it's it's needed more than ever right so that's amazing man no thank pun you. intended didn't even mean to do that <laughs> thank you you know i mean it's, it's that's 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 how it goes it's, it feels like uh 
in the introductory conversations that happen so often. And I'm just like, we're just talking. And I think like that's that's what it means. That's what I'm thankful. You know, that's how he has created me to be used to to let that light shine, that amazing light shine. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do. And one thing I've seen is that whenever someone does find that purpose or that hero in them, it's always about service. It's always about giving. So finding what it is that makes you that and then giving it away, essentially. You know, that's really how you align with all that greatness. Um, so let's say for you, in terms of the journey you're headed on or what you're looking to achieve down the road, how are you looking to give and what form is your service going to be? In the immediate one way is uh, last year was our inaugural scholarship. Um, so I'm raising funds this year. We want, last year we were able to give away two $1,000 scholarships to students in the Buffalo, New York area, pursuing uh, degrees in STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. One way that I would like to give is that this year I want to give away, give away scholarships to five students, five separate students uh, heading into spring semester to just open up the opportunity for whatever may come from them and just giving them that that break through everything that's happened. This is this COVID has shifted a lot of people's lives. So that's one way in the immediate. Um, and then also uh, I'm producing a documentary on healthy masculinity. And it is in partnership with the New York State Department of Health and Cornell University. And, and ultimately that that me giving in that platform is creating that platform for men of different backgrounds, for facilitators and site coordinators within the research project that's been going on for the last two years to talk about the story, talk about the issues, talk about what it means to be an African-American man. And there's no true definition of masculinity. There's no consistent space that's created that can allow a young black man or any black man really to speak on being vulnerable, speak on feelings and not have to just hold everything in. And then when something drastic happens, you wonder why, because people have been hurting for years. Um, so those are just two, two ways in the media to come to mind. You mentioned why it's happening. Why do you think it is? You can't solve a problem with the same level of thinking that caused the problem. Hmm. So many times in our world, we try to say, oh, well, that's not connected to this, but it actually is. The emotions that we felt through our childhood when something didn't go our way or we didn't get the proper opportunity to express ourselves or the proper opportunity to even heal it doesn't go away so the flame is like we we, we add logs to the fire i'm in atlanta georgia i remember when uh, i can't even remember his name it's so tragic to say that the situation happened at wendy's a police officer shoots a black man 27 years old i'm 27 years old it's like, how could you shoot somebody with everything that's going on in our country right now? That's the first thing that comes to mind. But the second thing that comes to mind is, 
how could you be so unaware that just based off circumstances, my antennas are off. Like I remember when I saw it and I was driving, I was taking my little sister and my little brother to the pool, taking a little swimming and I saw it and I was so angry that I, when we got to where we were going, I sat in the car for 30 minutes. I said, to my, I said to my little sister, I can't get out the car right now. I can't really be around people. I need, I need a few minutes to cool off because what people don't understand is, and I'm like, if I got pulled over by an officer at this stage, which I think it was back in June, maybe a week or two after George Floyd, after the tape of George Floyd, the video of George Floyd released, and I'm just thinking to myself, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, my reality is if an officer, officer had pulled me over, it wasn't going to be as smooth as it may have been prior to George Floyd. That's <laughs> not, just naturally. Naturally, as a human being, there is pressures and anxieties that are connected to these other situations. So you ask me why, the why is because situations have not been resolved. So if I'm hurt from something happening to me when I was seven years old, it's naive to think that if that is an unsolved mystery like the Lifetime show, it's not gonna connect to me at age 35. Like, no, when we get angry now, we're not even angry at this moment. We're angry at the same emotion that this, like that file in our brain that was opened from years ago and that is the why this um past trauma that gets stored from our early childhood experiences whatever stage of our life the past trauma gets stored in usually gets stored in some form in our body too in some in some way but i was thinking that say in terms of with what's going on with the blm movement with what happened with george floyd all of it do you think on some level that, yes, we can have past trauma from our own lives, but do you think we could have past trauma from previous generations? Because surely that would actually make sense in some respects. In one of the greatest books that I've read is Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice by Dennis Kimbrough. And a line that stuck out to me was, you are the greatest version of all of your ancestors. And when I hear that, and I share that with people, I say, think about that aunt that you maybe saw once in a while, but every time you saw her when you were a kid, you got excited. There was something, there was an energy about her that just the laws of attraction, the vibrations always pull you to her. That's a part of you, your uncle, your mom, your dad, your cousin, your brother, your sister, whomever, the teacher. Like, and I don't mean to say the teacher, I actually mean as in bloodline. Those people that are the, the same blood running through your grandparents, you're, that's a part of you too. So in acknowledging the greatness, because just because somebody's on is a, uh, just because Oprah somebody's on, doesn't mean Oprah's niece and nephew is a great philanthropist, TV show host, persona that Oprah is. It's not the case, but a part of her trickled off to them based on their interactions. So wouldn't it be naive to think that if the good can come, there's no payoff from the bad as well? Hmm. 
Yeah, plus it comes as well just from what you learn as you grow up and forming some kind of association with it in some respects. And that's um, why future generations are kind of experiencing the same thing. The weird thing is I was watching, because you're talking about Will Smith, I was watching um, the, the Fresh Prince just like today and one of the you know that show talks about serious issues in some respects and this was back in 1990 and he was talking and the episode was about being stopped and searched and being and being um like they both got locked up right and i thought to myself hold on that was 30 years ago I think the most prolific i'm a huge fresh prince fan i think the most prolific part of the entire episode is the ending where carlton's he says to will like well will if i were them i would have pulled this over too wouldn't you and will walks away and he says to uncle phil he says well dad you know if you were in that position wouldn't you do the same thing and he kind of says son you have to figure that one out and then the scene just ends, the show ends in silence. And it's Carlton standing there by himself with this pondering question like, wasn't that the right thing to do? Aren't, isn't a police officer or someone who's in service supposed to always be thinking with the mindset of doing what the right thing is? And that was 30 years ago. And I mentioned in this recent time, I mentioned that episode, and then there's an episode, I believe, from the 93 season when Will and Carlton are in college and they're pledging for the fraternity and the frat brothers are giving Carlton just so much flack, so much flack. Oh, because he's from Bel Air and Bob, he's not down like us, Will. And it's like, in that point, we forget him. Guess what? When he pulls into his Bel Air driveway, they don't see him any different than what they see you. And it's, uh, when you talk about the term unity, you ask me, who, who am I? And what was my answer? First human. answer. Human. 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 And beyond anything else, we are human beings. There are going to be certain things that are different. Some people like red, some people like orange. Some people like grapes, some people like cantaloupe. Some people like apples, some people like oranges. Some people like chocolate, some people like vanilla. Some people like both. But the one thing that no matter what's going on in our world, no matter what the situation is, no matter where you stand on the planet, we split our wrists open. It's going to be crimson red blood just pouring from my arms, pouring from my wrist. All 7.8 billion people on the planet. But the beauty of life is that amongst the 7.8 billion people with the red blood flowing through, there is only one you. One person with your mind, your soul, your spirit, your vision, one. I want to know, um, you have a way of speaking that's quite powerful. I want to know how that, did you always have that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you a lot. 
it's very interesting. My first speaking gig, it's a cool story. My grandfather has MS. He's had MS my entire life since 1969. And he is uh, a Howard alum. And Howard is an HBCU here in the States. Are you familiar with HBCUs? Mm-hmm. Okay, so historically black colleges and universities. And he had a scholarship for about 20, 22 years at Howard University for students with disabilities, with, with have some type of handicap. And the year is 1997. Four years old, my grandfather's in his wheelchair and he's addressing the crowd. When I walk up to him, rip the mic out of his hand. And I sing, I believe I can fly. Whole crowd goes crazy. <laughs> that was my first speaking engagement. And before really getting into the field of doing more speaking engagements, I kind of just backtracked my life, like from that event from four years old to being a person who really liked music and dancing from six to 10 and then being a kid who delivers the dare program speech in elementary school to competing in declamation contests in middle school to delivering the high school graduation senior year to giving like the the pre-commencement speech in college he blessed me with the voice he blessed me with the voice so it's it's something that uh, I, I truly know is divine. And I try to ensure that when I step in front of a microphone or step in front of a Zoom during COVID-19, <laughs> that, that I'm treating it the right way and saying the, the necessary and accurate words. I like that you're about um, kind of finding your actual power and being a hero. But I think a lot of things that people struggle with from what I've seen and I've experienced it myself is that how because while I have found purpose it's easy to then say you know I found purpose this is how I did it but one of the biggest things the, ma- the majority of I don't know what the percentage is but the majority of people have not found their purpose right and most of them don't know where to start where to look what they want how they even listen to it so how do you think people can tune into it and or, or do things to take them closer to finding that that purpose? Well, one, book a session with Sir Amazing. <laughs> uh, but have you ever read The Alchemist? It's on my list, the ever-growing list that I've got. <laughs> The Alchemist is, it's my favorite book. And it's all about a boy on his journey to his personal legend and to find his treasure. And there's so many different gems in the book, but I'm gonna hit you with a few. When I first read it five years ago, the quote that stood out to me most was, when you truly want something, all of the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. When you truly want something, all of the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. Let's play 
with the word when you want something? What does it really mean to want? Wanting has an implied action that has to be taken. People want, I want, I want to go on a trip. I want a nice car. I want, uh, 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 I just want peace. But you have to start to dig at why do you want it? What is it going to benefit? Have you had a conversation with yourself? Have you meditated on it? Have you had a conversation with God? We've been conditioned in a lot of ways. And I think your conditioning is different from mine because it's two different countries. But in every element, there are people that are kind of just drifting through life. And when somebody wants to know how to take that next step, sometimes you literally have to be like Nike and just do it. Like, it's not necessarily a rocket science formula. Like you have to do it. Sometimes you're gonna require failure. Sometimes it's gonna require digging deep. Sometimes it's gonna really require looking in the mirror. And I brought up the alchemist and said, I wanna drop a few gems because I'm gonna close with this part. The alchemist, it talks about the different individuals who, I don't wanna use the term conform, I'll, I'll use this better way. Make an agreement to not fulfill what they always wanted to do. There are plenty of, we've heard plenty of stories of people that they, they got all the money that they could ever make, but they were unhappy. It's not who they wanted to be. They weren't walking in purpose. Hmm. It starts with the why. Why were you doing it? So I think ultimately, your why is the biggest, it's the biggest key. And once you find out your why, then you can start to develop what you need to work on, strengthen your strengths, sharpen your weaknesses, and everything starts to fall in play. It's like, look, there's different things in the atmosphere that start to come at you when you're seeking, because you will find. That's, um, that's a really powerful way to to close things, as you said, man. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. In terms of where everyone who's listened to this can really get to know more about you and find you and contact you, where can they find you? Man, first and foremost, I want to let them know the Instagram is always the best way. Um, so everyone needs to hear why can it be you at Sir Amazing. I've got it on there. That's first and foremost. So IG is always the best way to reach me. Uh, secondly, um, you can text MOTIVATOR in all caps, MOTIVATOR in all caps at 21,000, and then it will send you a link. And when you get that link, you click on that link, and you can download a copy of my free quote ebook. And you also will get directed to the link where you can purchase Everyone Needs a Hero, Why Can't It Be You? But that's the best way for everybody to reach me on, say, Instagram, and then texting MOTIVATOR21,000. Awesome. I already know what I'm going to call this podcast just from the conversation we've had. So, <laughs> um, yeah, for everyone listening, thank you for listening. And um, I'm going to put all of um, Sir Amazing's links in the description box below. 
you can find me on Instagram as well in the description box below. And thank you all so much. I'll see you guys next week.